head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe mma people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else to see them coming up and they're getting their shot and i'm proud that people are coming up with me Welcome, welcome everybody, it's episode 157, probably Habib Nurmagomedov's waste this weekend of the Severe MMA podcast. I just came up with that on the fly there, that was brilliant. My name is Sean Sheen, and with me, like every week, is Dakota Abushi of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald, as we delve into a huge week for MMA with UFC 223 coming up this week. I can't wait for it. We're going to look back at a couple of the news items that happened in the last week, like Will Flory signing for Bellator, uh, Brian Moore's fighting as well next week in Bellator, big Irish MMA story, Vincent Henderson on that card as well against the returning Roger Huerta, whose name I love pronouncing. Wonderbine Till was also announced, and we'll also talk a little bit about Honda Housey, uh, and her uh, thoughts on MMA media and other stuff during the week. Graham, how are things? Yeah, good, good. I always wonder, does anybody, how many people actually know uh, these people you uh, described me as at the start? This week? I haven't heard of most of them, to be honest. Did you hear the one? Do you know the one I said this week? No. I'd say most, well, not most people, but a good few people will know that one, I reckon, because it's it's a pro wrestling one, and lots of people... Who watch pro MMA and watch pro wrestling as well? But if you if you only watch WWE, though, you probably actually you might know it because this fellow was in WWE for a brief moment during the during last year. So maybe I I I, I, I often I just ask someone like tell me some random person and they'll tell me and then I'll just say that. So I might like even eighty percent of the time I don't even know who it is. <laughs> so that's good. I, I always like mean that. to I always mean to look it up and then I just don't. Yeah, I want some. Someone should actually. Someone should start like a severe MMA podcast info Twitter or something, and just everything like they should like fact check us and put up stuff like that. Like if I say, oh sure, fact check you know, us. Tony Ferguson's won nine of his last eleven fights, and then someone will be like, no, he's won actually. That mouse is like lie detector. I don't deserve this kind of shabby treatment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was actually on recently enough, wasn't it? I saw that. Yeah. Oh, how was, how was your weekend anyway? As people can might be able to tell, I'm still dying with the man flu. How are you? How are you? Talk away there so I can mute my microphone yeah, and cough. Good, good. It's been, a, it's been actually a good bit of sport on. There was uh, the rugby, the Leinster and Munster. There was, uh, there was soccer, football, uh, real football. Uh, Liverpool got the win. Very... Uh, Close game. Mane was on a yellow card where he shouldn't have been on and then handled it. Should have got a that yellow card. That, like. that wasn't a dive. Oh, the he second definitely one, he got the kicked, but he dived. It was like a tenth of a second after he was, was kicked. You uh, know it was a dive. Like in super slow motion, it was less than a second. Like You know weird. it was a dive, though, don't you? He was kicked. He was fouled in the box. If it was the other way around, you'd be calling for that. It was a dive. Like, come on. That's a penalty most of the time, I think, to be honest. Like, the one that was given against Liverpool is usually not given as a penalty. When the striker shoots and gets clattered, that usually isn't given, even though it should be given. And I think this one uh, usually is given. Uh, the Mane one usually is given, but wasn't given this time. As I said on Twitter the other day, the Anthony Joshua, the referee in the Anthony Joshua fight was basically how you see every referee in Liverpool match, even when they're <laughs> even when they're right when they're when they're right for you. But uh, Tottenham just beat Chelsea anyway, so Man United and Liverpool are both but uh, destined for top four. So we're all right. We'll, we'll we'll be happy enough for the rest of the season anyway. Maybe so. What should yeah, actually Liverpool be... have uh, the proper stuff coming up on uh, Wednesday? Who are Man United playing again in the Champions League? City, <laughs> I'm a City fan. Blue Moon. <laughs> 
You've always been a big fan of Manchester, I suppose. Like when Manchester United being from Salford and Manchester City being from Manchester. Without a straight in my world, without a love in my... I'm like Liverpool fans saying you'll never walk alone. I haven't a clue of half really the world. You've really got the lyrics down anyway. <laughs> Oasis. I love a bit of Oasis. I'll be listening to them for the next week. Wearing a, ca- a-, a cagoule and everything. Command City. Oh, God, I hope they smash Liverpool. <laughs> hopefully you hopefully, hopefully your boy Mo Salah will get a couple. We've got Salah. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I, I, I do like the other song. I prefer the, the Running Down the Wing, Egyptian King, the James remix. I prefer that I prefer that Salah song. Fuck anyway, here, we're talking shite here. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Patreon, do that. Head over to patreon.com forward slash my podcast. But we'll talk about that at the end. Right, let's get into it. UFC. We'll, we'll, we must talk about it as well. Let me write it down. We'll talk a bit about this Anthony Joshua fight as well later on in the podcast because I want to get your thoughts on that. But let's talk about UFC 223 first. And I want to talk about the main event first of all because I, I've put out a few tweets about this over the last couple of days and people are kind of like, what are you talking about? You know, what, what, what do you mean by these things? So we need to get into it more. I cannot wait for this fight. We talked about it a little bit before on the podcast, but your what are your expectations for this fight? A week out now, what are what yeah. are, the, are are the expectations big? Yeah, they are. I'm really looking forward to the the card as a whole, but obviously this main event is is unbelievable. Um, <laughs> it seems like we've been waiting. We have been waiting for three or four years for this. Uh, it's been put together three times before, uh, and it hasn't happened. So, I, 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 for some reason, I think it's going to happen. I don't know. The last time I kind of thought it wasn't going to happen and it didn't happen, but this time, for some reason, I just think it's going to happen. I think. I think it would take something serious to happen to one of them, like something real bad to happen to one of them, uh, in order to not, to not for it not to not to happen. The weight cut thing, I think, I think Habib must have learned his lesson by now. Um, he only missed it by a tiny bit before, but has he ever even made one fifty five before? I'm not sure. He might. I think he was always coming in one fifty six, but maybe he has made one fifty five. But I don't think it's going to be a problem, and I think it's going to happen. So let's just assume it's going to happen. Um, it's going to be brilliant. Uh, I don't really fancy Tony's chances, uh, to be honest. Um, he's talking about getting submissions on on Habib and stuff like that. Uh, I, I, if I was uh, if I was game planning for Tony's most likely met of the victory or way to win, I, I'd be st- trying to stay away from the ground as long as possible um, and tr- try to exploit Habib's um, stand up. But Habib is uh, is relentless with his takedowns, even if they aren't. If they, I, I, I'm a big fan of Habib, but I don't, re, I don't think his takedowns are are as good as a lot of, are uh, as the best in the UFC. UFC, I think there's been better, but who is so? who's better? Well, I think historically, I think GSPs are better. Um, maybe even Chad Mendes is like actual, do, actual shots, like not as actual like top control and his dominance, but his actual shots, uh, takedown shots, I think, but. Once he gets it, there, once he gets it there, and if Tony's willing to go there, I think it's really bad news for Tony. I think he's going to get the shit kicked out of him on the ground. Uh, but it's MMA; you never know. Like uh, Habib could eat a big shot on the feet, or Tony could just get. Maybe Habib would be a bit overconfident on the ground. Tony could get something, or Tony could be just. He could have something that he's seen in Habib's game. Him and Eddie Bravo got together and saw something in Habib's game that Habib does that they can exploit and turn into a submission or turn into a dominant position. We're not going to know until the night, but I, I'd be pretty confident Habib is going to get the job done here. I have so many thoughts in this fight. I, I don't know where to start. But let, let's start with your thing about Habib's takedowns. And maybe they're not, they're really good, but they're not, not the best in the world. And just the way some people go on is just like they're like they're un- never seen anything like it before. I think mm-hmm. we have, but like I'm not saying they're not good. They're, they are good. Like, 
and then okay when i went back i went back last night right and i watched this glason tebow fight and he didn't take glason tebow down once right so watching that fight attempts, wasn't it? yeah or something like that it was a lot anyway watching that fight right you might think okay that that's a long time ago and it is it's what five five six years five and a half years ago but it what it does is makes habib look human and if you're saying okay he's only a young fighter he was a second fight in the ufc after that fight habby went to 18 and all right 18 and all he's 25 and all now so that's what six seven fights ago okay he uh, habib has definitely improved by it now I, i'm going to talk about what improvements he's made and and the way he fights and the way to beat him possibly and everything but watching that fight is important because it makes him look human right he has great takedowns, but if you have great takedown defense and if you do everything right, you can stop those takedowns. Now, that's not me saying Tony Ferguson will do that. He will stop those takedowns, but you can do that. It is possible. If someone is good enough to do it, as Gleason Tebow showed, Habib Nurmagomedov still had unbelievably good wrestling there. He's always had that base, and Gleason Tebow was able to stop them. So there is that, right? Right. How do you stop them then is the question. Right, and, and before we get to how he does them and how he's changed, you stop them like everyone else does them. You get the underhooks, you you get on one leg, you get the balance, you get your back against the fence, you don't let him go down and grasp his hands behind the, the you know the backs of your knees. Don't let him get his hands together, don't let him get a double leg, get him up, get him to your upper body, don't let him throw you, don't let him get the body lock. Knee him in the body when he goes to move down, make him pay for it, land strikes in the clinch, turn around, push him off, get out, right? That, so it, it might seem simple, but if we're, we're talking here, or not, might seem difficult, sorry, we're talking here about the 155 pound championship of the world, the best division in the UFC, and you know, two of the three best fighters in the world, obviously McGregor having the belt as well, fighting. So this is top, top level stuff. And if you're talking about Tony Ferguson being the champion and possibly, you know, the undisputed champion over this, you have to look at him being able to do those sort of things. So can he do those things? Can he stop Habib's takedown like that when he gets inside? Right. And I told you there how he does it. He doesn't stand straight up as well when he gets against the clinch. You look like look what Gleason Tebow does. Not for one second does he stand straight against the cage. He bends down over Habib, gets his uh, center of gravity lower, right? But the thing about Tony Ferguson is, in the past, when he has got into the clinch like that, he's showed good takedown defense, but he's also been taken down really easily. Look, go back and look at the Kevin Lee fight. Kevin Lee lifted him up in the air and slammed him down on the ground, right? So if you're looking at someone like uh, Kevin Lee, who's a very good wrestler, no doubt about it, is he as good as Habib? No. So if he gets into the same position as that, you know, even if Tony does all those things right, he might he might stop 90% of the takedowns, but will he stop them all? So you, you have two options then, right? You have to either be really good on the ground, or you have to stop him getting inside to get the takedowns. And let's let's talk about the first bit for, and I'm going on a bit of a rant here, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> let's talk about the first thing first. Stopping stop him getting inside. How do you do it? Who who has done it so far? Gleason Tebow has done it. It's just the fight you look at again, right? And he did it by meeting Habib in the middle and pushing him back, right? That's basically it. When Habib struck, he countered and pushed him back. Now, Habib has changed an awful lot since then because he's gotten 
literally 500% more aggressive. He goes non-stop, goes for it, throw these wild winging punches and gets inside. That's how he gets inside, right? We see it all the time with wrestlers. They just run for takedowns and they can't get them. You have to set it up. And Habib sets it up by going wild, throwing big swinging punches, throwing flying knees, pushing guys up against the fence. That's how he does it, right? So you need to stop that at source. Tony Ferguson needs to meet him when he strikes and counter him and push him back. That's how you do it. It's hard, but it's simple. You know, that's how he does it. That's how he get, uh, stops Habib from pushing him back to get him against the fence. Uh, and if uh, um, we, we can discuss that further in a minute, but if you, on the ground in is another issue. And before I, I, I keep ranting, what do you think if it does go to the ground? How will it go if it, if it hits the ground? Well, if, if, if Habib gets a takedown, I think I think he'll, he'll do some damage. Maybe he won't be as all action because he has to worry about going five rounds potentially, and he hasn't had to worry about that before. Mm-hmm. So he maybe can't be as all action and can't exert as much um, output as he as he has in three round um, beatdowns. He's put on he's put on other guys. If uh, Tony's saying been talking about ankle picking Habib or taking him down, I know I don't think he's going to ankle pick him, but he he may at some stage go for a takedown, maybe tr- just to try and like surprise could be even though he's been he's been saying it just to make him worry about that just so he's like you can be a brilliant wrestler but any any brilliant wrestler can be put on their back if the, if the the shot is timed right like you know if, if somebody isn't expecting it and, and you time the shot right you like I, I i think tony is capable of taking habib down i don't know i don't know what habib is going to be like off his back will he just be able to get a reversal or will he just be able to get up but um, I think the, the much more likely thing is that Habib will be looking for the takedowns and um, Tony, Tony will try to use his two from there. I don't think Tony will be trying to will be trying to take Habib down unless unless it isn't going well on the feet. And I think I think uh, Tony's going to have the advantage on the feet, but I don't think Tony's striking is as good as um, as maybe some other people think. Uh, Lando Venata is a very he's a very unorthodox and he's a good, very good striker, but uh, he came in a short notice and gave uh, Tony Ferguson a lot of problems on the feet. And Tony Tony has been dropped uh, several times in his career, so uh, he's he's definitely no mug on the on the feet. But he's 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 not world class on the feet. Um, obviously, um, Habib, that that would be where his game is lacking on the feet. So I, I think it's, if it's, the most likely way it hits the ground is with Habib getting a takedown. But as you say, if, like if Gleason Tebow could stop twenty one shots, I know Gleason Tebow is a really big, strong, lightweight. Especially back then, but as you say, if you if if you have the right technique and you and you you, you start frustrating Habib, it, it could turn into a different fight. Um, Habib kind of does a lot of damage to his to his opponents uh, in recent years on the ground, and then when they get up to the feet, they're not the same as they were. So, if Tony can can avoid the damage and get back up, um, uh, if he does get taken down, then it, it changes the fight completely. But I I just I just think when once Habib gets down, I think he's gonna he's gonna put a lot of damage on Tony. Yeah, like I, I actually think Tony Ferguson's actually a bad enough matchup for Habib, because what Habib, you know, what Habib does is he makes it's not that he makes you scared, but that he puts so much pressure on you that you kind of wilt and go backwards, and then he that's where he takes you down. Like that's how he does it. But Tony Ferguson isn't the guy for wilting. You said he he's got knocked down multiple times, got beat up in the feet a couple of times, got his arm had- broken against Michael Johnson and fought on. And why does he do that? Like, why does that happen to him? Because he is wide open. He goes for it. He goes in with his hands down, throws body kicks, throws these big woofing punches. 
a lot of times he doesn't have much technique behind him. He's just putting on an assault on you. And again, I think that's actually a, a good thing to do against Habib because then like you're you're literally meeting fire with fire if you do that. And we'll talk in a minute about maybe different techniques, what he could do. But if he fights in his normal way, I think that's good against Habib because, you know, meet him in the middle and don't go backwards. Like I'm, we always talk about Anthony Pettis. When he goes straight backwards, he gives up the takedowns. And that's how Habib gets all, like Anthony Pettis, the worst person in the world he could ever fight is Habib because he just pushed him back and he take him down straight away. Mm-hmm. Like Tony Ferguson can't be pushed straight back. And even from side to side, because Habib chases guys around so much, it's very hard. You literally have to push Habib back and get him back. But th- that's on the feet. But on the ground, then, I'm very, very interested to see how this goes on the ground. And it will hit the ground at some stage unless someone gets knocked out in the first 10 seconds. Because even, as I said, even if Tony stops 90% of the takedowns, he's not going to stop them all. Gleason Thibault did an unbelievable job, but Habib has definitely improved 100% since then. Yeah, but it's this... a long, long time ago. Like, it's nearly, yeah. it's, it's it's relevant, but it's it's not, like, a lot of people kind of look mm. back in people's past and go, oh, look at this, but, like, Habib, Habib has been putting in so many errors since then, and he's he's got to a different level, but, yeah, it does, it does, as you said earlier, show that he's, like, people are like, oh, he's not human, but that fight shows that if you, if you do the right things against him, yeah. you can't stifle him. Yeah, like I'm, I'm very interested to see what Tony Ferguson's like on his back. Like watching that Kevin Lee fight and watching other fights. Sometimes, uh, what was the other fight I watched? Dosanos, uh, uh, I watched it as well, and, and uh, Castillo put him down maybe once. I think or kind of went to the ground in one of his other fights as well. But what he's very good at is getting to his knees and standing up when it hits the ground, or else he's very good at getting to guard. And against Habib Nurmagomedov, I'd say get to guard is a better thing to do than to get to your knees because Habib will uh, I have a rewatch coming out this week and you'll hear me talking about it he just gets that one point of pressure and pushes you down whether it's his shoulder whether it's his hip whether it's his leg controlling your leg whether he's taking away your base and just laying on top of you if, if you let him do that you're fucked but if you get to your back and control him in some way stop his movement stop him passing your guard you have some bit of control and that's that's a huge that I think that's the biggest battle. There's two big battles for me. That one where it gets to the ground. If Tony can get guard, that is a huge battle and probably the biggest battle in the fight. But well, equally I'd say is getting the front foot. Who gets the front foot? If Tony Ferguson get it, I think he'll beat Habib. If Habib can get it and push him back, it it brings the fight to the ground. So on the ground, like can Tony use the rubber guard against Habib? Can he stop his movement? Even maybe get a few stand-ups. If you can, like, the, the biggest problem with Habib is on the ground is that control. You can't control him. He controls you. Everyone he's ever fought who he's brought to the ground, he has been able to decimate. You see, I don't care. Pick out any other fighter in the UFC. You, you talk about his takedowns, and 100%, I, you know, you could argue he is one of the best takedowns, but there's other lads, GSP, better than him. There's nobody I've ever seen, I think, better in MMA at controlling when he hits the ground than Habib. He is unbelievable, unbeatable when it gets there. But Tony Ferguson is really good off of his back. He he submitted Kevin Lee, and I know you know Kevin Lee's a very good wrestler. He mightn't be as good, uh, as, you know, as Habib and stuff. But like, how good is Habib's jujitsu? His wrestling is very good, and his kind of catch wrestling, his submissions, getting beating a fellow up. But if he if Tony gets him in his guard, if he's throwing up triangles, if he's throwing up, uh, you know, going for arm bars, sweeping him out of there, get maybe gets on top, get, gets mounted on Habib. What's gonna happen then? That's what I want to know. And I want to know if Habib can survive 
in those situations and I want to know if Tony can get to those situations and not just be destroyed like everyone else this matchup and th- I, I, I hate doing predictions because this matchup fascinates me so much and I don't want to pick a winner in this fight I just want to see how it goes because you look like this is like a this is like a fucking mathematical breakdown for me. I look at this fight and all the different ways it can go with Habib's resting at Tony's bottom game and who gets the front foot and the pressure. Can Habib, uh, if he puts him against the fence, can he get a body lock and take him down? I think like Kevin Lee did to him as well. Or can Tony stop? Can Tony stop the takedowns? It's all questions. I have no answers going into this one. I don't want to give a pick for this fight. I have just questions and I, I really can't wait. <laughs> you're gonna bottle the pick then are you but i don't i, I really don't I'm, I'm just gonna pick someone but I, I don't want i think i'm probably gonna pick tony i think i might mm, I, I think I, I don't think it's as, as close as you think i think habib's gonna win but I, if he can't get it to the ground I, then it's, it's a big problem for habib even though as i said tony isn't isn't top uh what if he gets it to the ground class, what if he gets it to the ground right and he doesn't like hold tony's hand under him if to- if he's in tony's guard and con- tony's able to control his movement in his guard what happens then yeah I, I just don't think tony's as dangerous on the ground as maybe other people think he is um i, I think i think khabib is, is gonna is gonna be ready for this i think i, I think he's able to neutralize jiu-jitsu really really well and i think the amount of damage he puts on Maybe the five round thing will play and mm-hmm. play into Tony's favor. He's he's gone long before, or he has, has he gone five before? Yeah, he went against Dos Anjos. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So he's gone five before. That was a close fight against Dos Anjos. Like the the obviously MMA matches is, is, is doesn't work, but uh, Habib beat Dos Anjos uh, more comprehensively, I think, um, and was able to was. I don't, I don't I don't like if Tony gets a submission. I think it's going to be it's it's going to be. Uh, a big upset to be honest i think if, if he's gonna win it's gonna be habib not being able to get the takedown yeah you could be right like that your point about five rounds is very interesting as well because what has changed in habib's uh approach since that tebow fight like he still has the same skills he still was a great wrestler there look at the fight after the fight before it still was a really good great wrestler but what has changed is that uh go forward balls out non-stop output from him and as you said, fire, he's never fought. I put, I put up a thing before. He's never been past the third round. And some people say, oh, yeah, sure. He's never fought in the, in the fifth round. He's never had a man event. And I'm like, you're, you're totally missing the point here. What I'm saying is he doesn't have experience of the championship rounds. And like, then it, we, and, uh, the next point that I uh, kind of want to come to is more refined game plans. Like if Habib does have a more refined game plan where he doesn't go forward as much and reverts maybe to type. Is it going to be like that Gleason Tebow fight where he's not going forward as much and where he's fighting Tony strike for strike? Or is he just going to go for it and go for the finish early? Like, not all people do that. Tony's changed that. Tony did that against Rafael Dos Anjos, and he showed he has the ability to play a more refined game plan. McGregor was like that. He was a fellow who got balls out and tried to finish it early. But then he changed up for the second Diaz fight, had a more refined game plan with the leg kicks and all. We've seen it from lots of guys. But this is, this is championship fighting. This yeah. is high level, first five round. And can Habib do that? That is a big question. Yeah, he's had it all his own way in his fights pretty much since the Tebow fight as well. He's he's eaten a couple of half punches, nothing nothing too serious. But besides that, he's been pretty dominant. And um, maybe maybe if if he'll start doubting himself or not not doubting himself, but start getting frustrated if the if the game plan he has isn't working initially, and if Tony is getting some success. And uh, but I I just think Habib's gonna like the, the amount of damage he can put on people. The, uh, his opponents, high-level opponents, 
he puts damage on them and they don't look the same. Even if they do, like they do get back to their feet at the end of the round or or they manage to escape and get back up, then they just look afraid of the takedown and they look like they've taken a lot of cardio out of the tank and a lot of damage. So I expect that that to happen. But obviously, um, jiu-jitsu, like if if you if you're if you're really if you're about, if you if you're able to do jujitsu to the level that Tony Ferguson is, if somebody gets sloppy for a second or if if Habib goes for a sloppy takedown, he could end up in a jump in a guillotine or a triangle. Like mm-hmm. it's definitely possible. Like this, like this is high level martial arts. Like these guys are well versed in a lot of a lot of uh, techniques in in various martial arts. So it's definitely possible. But uh, like if I had a free bet on fifty fifty here, like I'd definitely be I'd definitely be picking Habib. Do you think there's like we kind of spoke there about maybe Habib getting a little bit bit more refined? Do you think there's any point Tony having a more refined game plan? Like if you were Tony Ferguson, what way do you think he should fight to beat Habib? Yeah, I think I think I think staying away from the ground is 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 the way to beat Habib to frustrate him and keep him on the feet. But, but Tony's talking as if he's willing to go to the ground, uh, like kind of happy enough to go to the ground. I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, if if Tony's going to win, I don't think that's going to work too well. I think. Uh, like Habib striking, it's definitely improved since the T Bay fight, and it's improved like fight to fight, but it hasn't improved that drastically. It's not like anywhere near uh, his his wrestling game. It's a, there's a huge disparity there. So, um, and it only takes it only takes a like one big strike or a good combination to put somebody away or to to damage somebody and be able to get on top and finish them. So there is plenty of uh, methods of victory. Like Tony could win a decision, he could win a submission, he could win a TKO, but. Uh, he has he has plenty of methods of victory, which would usually be uh, usually be uh, a thing that would make him be hesitant to pick to pick against uh, somebody who has that many methods of victory. But I think uh, Habib has so many methods of victory as well. He has the TKO. He has a possible submission as well. If, if he wears on Tony, beats him up, get like a key lock or a Kamara or something like that. Like I could I could see that, and he could get a decision as well. So uh, it's 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 a brilliant fight. Eh? Nobody really knows what's going to happen, and that that's. That's brilliant. Like you know, a lot of fights you kind of you kind of know how they're going to look, and or you think you know how they're going to look. But this one, everybody has a different opinion about how it's going to go and how it's going to look. Yeah, I think it's one fighter who's really good in almost every area, and it's one fighter who's great in one area. It's it's one of those like, and it, that's that's still an intriguing thing and thing in any way. It's almost dead. It really is almost dead. But it's kind of in the women's division. They kind of had a recent. Oh, yeah. re, re, uh, we had Ronda Rousey there where. It was kind of like judo versus MMA. People who were maybe obviously Ronda Rousey's ground game or her judo game was way beyond everybody else's. But even you see it there. Look at Mackenzie Dern; like she was almost beaten in her last fight. Well, because it's yeah. all kind of dying out there as well. Ronda was nearly choked in her first fight against Liz Carmouche as well. So yeah, yeah, which is coming up in the rewatch this week. Have a have a look at that on Patreon. But yeah, I'm really interested in this fight and the kind of that's as well. Just on like a broader term, which I like to try to look at MMA at it. It is the guy who is great in one area against the guy who's good in lots of areas. And logic tells you, if you take away Habib and Tony and look at it that way, that the guy in all areas who's better should win. But it's not because there's so many equalizers in MMA because that's why I don't want to give a pick. I just love this. I can't wait to see this fight. I really, 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 really can't wait to see this fight. And it's going to be brilliant. That's enough, I suppose that's enough analysis anyway. A couple more things on this before we move to the, the coming event. What did you think of, I, I don't know if you listened to it, I listened to about five minutes of it, but the uh, the conference call during the week, what did you think oh, of the level of shit talk and this uh, coming up to it? Tony was, uh, was embarrassing, to be honest, cringy. Uh, Habib didn't say much of, of note, but he was he definitely won the exchange comfortably, in my, in my opinion. Uh, Tony was just talking about Tiramisu the whole time. He just kept wouldn't let go and it just wasn't funny. It was just 
<laughs> he just kept saying, I'm working out. What are you doing? Like eating tiramisu? It's like you said that about 18 times already. Like, please stop. Did you nobody see... laughed any of the times. Please stop saying it. Did you see my hashtag fake Ferguson over on Twitter where people were saying things that Tony Ferguson didn't actually say but sound like him? They're like, oh, oh no, I actually didn't. That sounds brilliant. <laughs> some good ones my 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 favorite one which i made myself was uh, you think you're a wrestler i was born with cauliflower ears <laughs> <laughs> there, was loads, there was loads of them now check it out oh there's some really funny ones there was like uh there was one uh i was like oh the hype train i'm thomas the tank engine bitch he's the weirdest man ever process thoughts just coming out as words like. <laughs> yeah he's, he's so funny but yeah eddie bravo boy if, if, if tony ferguson submits him here flat art is definitely real i think 100 percent. if tony if tony ferguson wins by submission here so <laughs> i hope i hope people get that joke but yeah anyway um what about <laughs> look into it cnn where'd you hear that the library what do you think about mcgregor though what's what's mcgregor thinking this week do you think what's he thinking who the fuck knows uh, you should know you're the fucking he's documentary maker you're a fucking mind reader yeah uh, you're, 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 you're <laughs> been in mcgregor's head fucking plenty of times i don't even know if he's gonna be there i'd say i'd say he probably is but i i, I haven't heard for sure um i'd say he will be there for our time he's usually there for our time um uh people seem to be speculating that this press conference beforehand this uh was it wednesday or thursday this uh pre UFC two two three press conference that they're going to strip McGregor there, but I think Dana White said before that he was going to strip them when the first punch was landed or the first bell rang or whatever. But I don't know. I, I wouldn't be so sure about that either. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'd say McGregor will be there. Um, hopefully he'll square off, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't. There's been a lot of chan- times where you thought people were going to square off afterwards and they haven't. It's not really a thing that the UFC do that often. So um, people might be let down by. Uh, by this weekend if Connor isn't there it might take a bit away from it but uh, if I had to guess I'd say he'll be there but who knows with Connor yeah I'd be very surprised um, if they come in and square him off or anything because I don't think like a deal is agreed or anything but uh, if he is there hopefully like he jumps the cage or something <laughs> and maybe I'll like, jump the cage but get banned for a year like you need McGregor needs to be back in there like he really does need to be back in there this whole strip in the belt and stuff is really weird because if he is there and he is ready to fight, you're like I don't know. It's it's a weird it's a weird situation because what is it? Five hundred days since he has fought or something. So you know he's at a stage where it probably should be stripped if you're if you care about those things. But like I've said it so many times before, like if you're Tony or Habib and you win, why would you want McGregor to be stripped? If he's stripped, he he's no reason to fight you, none at all. So like if I was him, I'd be like, I'm the interim champion now. I'm gonna fight McGregor for the real belt. If if I was Habib and won, I said, I want this real belt. I want this. Irish pussy. I want to smash him. You know, that's Habib yeah. should be saying that yeah. if he wins. Increases, increases your chances of uh, if you're Habib or Tony of getting the McGregor fight if he has his belt to defend in order to shut up all the people who said exactly. oh, defender vacate. If he gets stripped of it, then he's like, oh, what's GSP up to? What's uh, what's Woodley up to? What's uh, Floyd, what's Floyd up to? You know, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like Dane has been avoiding it for months. I think he's going to keep avoiding it. I, I don't think he's going to announce it at this press conference. But you never know. You never know what Dana. Um, so I think we're going to be left waiting till after the fight to know what what the crack is. Yeah, could definitely be. But once the fight's over, and if 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 Connor is, if, it depends on those negotiations are going. If they're going terribly, then they're pretty stripping. If they're going well and they're close to a deal, they might wait. 
Mm. It's really hard to know. It's real. There's a lot of assumptions and speculative uh, speculation. So it's it's really hard to know what's going on. That's what we're here for. If I was Connor, <laughs> <laughs> if I was Connor, I go sit front row with my two belts on my shoulders. <laughs> imagine that'd be the greatest troll of all time i'd love that to be fucking hilarious but yeah god I, i've always with said burger, with his burger king hat on <laughs> his burger king hat. i've always said it especially if habib wins it'd be it'd be a tragedy if that fight doesn't happen it'd be a real fucking tragedy i really hope that fight happens uh, even if Habib doesn't win and he comes back and wins a few fights again i really hope that fight happens at some stage but i suppose oh, we'll, yeah. we, we'll have a lot of talk about that anyway next week and we'll see how the the cookie crumbles but the comment event here is also a, a, a brilliant, brilliant fight, a rematch of uh, the champion Rose Nami Yunus against the Polish lady, as my father calls her, Joanna Jacek. Uh And this this is another interesting fight again because of the way the last one finished. You know, is this a case of it's going to be maybe... Was she cock cold? Was she was her all these excuses she's made about her weight cutting stuff? Were they all real? Was she feeling bad? Was, it, was her yeah. chin not right? Was she not able to take shots because she was fucked up? I don't know about the chin thing. I I definitely think there was a problem with her with her weight cut and her nutrition and all that stuff in the thing. But uh, that like the like she got hit very like it, it didn't go long where she like ran out of cardio or like you know what it was. Rose put a couple of big punches on her and put her down and finished her. And Rose Rose's Rose's striking looked the best it's ever looked. And her ground game's always been dangerous. And she looked confident. She wasn't intimidated, which a couple of uh, a few of Joanna's previous opponents have have seemed intimidated. So it wasn't just oh Joanna went in there feeling ill because of a weight cut and and lost because of that like Rose beat her but I think Joanna is going to be more ready for this one like you know I think I think Joanna is going to win but she kind of had this thing of like uh, invincibility aura of invincibility around her and a mindset kind of that she was never going to lose and maybe it's put a bit of doubt in her head maybe like it, it change like it can change some people when they when they when they lose that some people come back stronger some don't it, it's yet to be seen but I, i'll be back in if I, if I was betting i'll be betting on joanna but uh roses roses i expect rose to be even better again than she was because she keeps getting better fight to fight so i i don't expect that to stop now mm-hmm. um and i expect joanna to be better as well so i think it's going to be a re- really good fight but as i said if if i had to bet on i'd be betting on joanna yeah see this is interesting when there's a rematch like this because sometimes you tend to throw out all the analysis that was done before the first point fight and just kind of look at what happened and then re and uh, 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 what's the word i'm looking for re analyze reanalyze it or analyze uh but I'm not sure if that's 100% correct. Like in that fight, I'm, I'm, uh, it's another episode of the rewatch. I have about 10 of them coming this week. So if you enjoy them, you're going to have a great week. But, but going back watching that fight, you know, I talked about it a lot. It, it, Rose kind of used these triangles of footwork to get in and she was landing that left hook and she knocked her down once with it and knocked her out with it. And just to kind of sideways... The, the inward sideways movement we'll say she didn't she didn't go sh- straight forward she went either to the left and came in from the side or the right and came in with the kick and stuff like that so like you look at that and you see that's how she beat her and if Joanna goes back and looks at that fight she'll obviously see that that's the way she beat her she didn't do it as much as I thought initially and she wasn't as dominant with it which makes me think that Joanna was maybe a little bit off but it was still what was it two, a minute and a half two minutes whatever it was of 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 a of a of a fight so maybe if she was into it she'd be obviously a little bit more confident now you think she maybe she'd be even better at doing it this time 
So that, you know, you're looking at it that way, and then you're looking at it for Joanna. Can she change up a little bit if she comes with the same footwork and movement again? Maybe Joanna will have a little bit uh, things planned for her. You know, maybe. And I know I hate when people say, you know, keep your hands up. Maybe she keeps the hands up a little bit more when she's coming in and goes ultra defensive, and you know, maybe pops underneath and goes for a takedown even, or just comes with the high kick or something like that, changes things up. And then what, what's Rose going to do? Is she going to change things up? Maybe come from the other side. Maybe going herself with takedowns, like. I think you really have to reanalyze the fight then as well. But when you kind of you're looking back at the, at the anal and the analysis before the first fight, and you're you're thinking about it, okay, Joanna and Rose, two very good strikers. Rose has improved an awful lot, but you think Joanna is a little bit more technical just because of the amount of time she has put into being a striker and her kickboxing and Muay Thai background and everything, and maybe she'll be able to push push Rose back and do things like that. But Rose is really dangerous as well when it gets to the ground. If it, if it gets up against the fence, she can take someone's back. Very very good uh, chokes, triangles, everything like that. And Joanna before previously she she's been very good with stopping takedowns but she hasn't been very good at getting herself pushed against the fence and i'll go back to it again it's that straight forward and back movement that's how she fights look i talked about anthony pettis earlier on i talked about ferguson if they go straight front and back that's how the easiest way to push him up against the fence and take him down and if rose can push her against the fence she might be able to take her down but she'll have a good chance of of jumping on something and getting a submission, and that's kind of that was my pick going into the first fight. I I, I think I picked Joanna, but a lot a lot of my analysis going into the first fight was about Rose pushing her up against the the cage and maybe grabbing onto neck, getting a rear naked choke or something like that. And I think that could be an outcome again. I think this is a, a really good fight, interesting fight because on the feed it'll be a lot different. And but in that clinch, I think I still think Rose has an absolutely huge chance, huge chance of getting a submission there, and I think it will be a different fight. Uh, altogether in the first one yeah i definitely think rose has a good chance it's it's like uh the first time i kind of I, I thought it was going to be pretty routine for joanna but the, the improvements rose made and uh just the, the muay thai style that joanna has like it's there's a lot of copy on there out there or there's a lot of like video out there on how to how to land against that and i think i think like when you're at the top for as long as joanna was people are looking at her studying her like um all the up and coming contenders in her division are, are looking at her and working out ways to beat her. And uh, maybe she'll change it up, but Joanna kind of has a similar style most of the time. Uh, I think, I think she just wants to avoid the ground 90%. Like she wants to avoid the ground at all costs. She just wants to stay on the feet and she backs her striking to, to beat anybody, but then she loses a row. So maybe in her mind, maybe my striking isn't, isn't, like maybe I need to do more here. Maybe maybe I need to get a takedown if it's close round. I need to get a takedown in order to try and nick the round. Or maybe that comes into her mind and she's not as confident in her striking as she was before. She's after being knocked out. Maybe maybe in her mind she she puts it down completely to the weight cut to the to the nutrition. But maybe she maybe she knows it or she thinks in her head deep down that oh uh, that punch probably would would have hurt me either or that, those punches probably would have hurt me either way. So. It, it, there's definitely not that unstoppable mindset. It's going to be hard for Joanna to, to recapture that that unstoppable mindset that she had before. So uh, I think Rose has a good chance here. But as I said earlier, if I was betting 50-50 odds, I, I, I'd go on Joanna. But just... Yeah. Yeah, I'm re I'm really, really looking forward to this fight again. Uh, my picks will be over in Samira, Samira May during the week. Give me a little bit more time to think about it. You're an awful tease. You won't give your picks on the podcast. I, I, I am an awful tease. <laughs> what do I, I'm picking Ferguson. Who, I'll give my picks. Uh, I think I'm picking Rose. But I, 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 I'm picking find Ferguson out, and Rose. Find out Two for sure. Dogs. 
find out for sure over on uh severe may here actually we did a we did a poll this week with with both those fights and i suppose this is a good time to actually give you the results of that over on twitter so poll we did who'd win joanna and rose who do you think who do you think uh won that one with our with our viewers Ooh, um i say it was close but joanna yeah joanna got uh 56% of the vote and Rose got 44%, which yeah, it is, it is pretty close. All right. Um, but I, I don't know. I suppose it's, it's, it's to be expected close enough. I, what about Tony and Habib? What do you think the, our, uh, our, I'd say, I'd say most people went Habib. Mm-hmm. 64% Habib, 36% uh, Tony. So they're expecting mm, to... how many people went Tony to be honest, actually. Yeah. 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 So two changes of belts people are, people are thinking of. So that's interesting. Those, uh, those two fights should be very interesting. Let's talk about a couple does, of Does Habib yeah. actually get that interim belt or does he win the interim belt or is it, like what? Oh, oh, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> yeah. Is it the full is belt? The real belt? Not for the interim belt. So Tony, does Tony hold on to that if he loses? When was the last time an interim belt was defended? Was it Hindenburg? Or did he, did he even defend one? Connor defended his against Aldo, did he? Maybe, who knows? Yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> that, that's a unification. Just, that's not a difference. Yeah, just evaporated into. Yeah. Uh, I think Tony's will just evaporate into thin air if he loses. Maybe. Or, no, I think Habib will win it. If 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 it's for the interim belt, like Habib will. Dana, Dana, Habib, and Tony all said it wasn't for the interim belt. But it's for the real belt, so. Kind of, but Dana said. Right, move on. <laughs> next question. Right, next question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with these? It'll disappear at the thin air, like where it came from. <laughs> I'll tell TMZ in a week's time. Who won it? Yeah. Who knows? Who cares? It's all about the fight. I, I don't give a shit about the belts. I just want to see this fight happen. I really hope it doesn't fall apart. Uh, I don't think it will, and I think it's going to be brilliant. The whole card is great, to be honest. Like those two fights we just talked about are, are brilliant. I love when you. It, you don't know who's going to win the fights, even if even if I do strongly, I would make a strong pick towards Habib. As I said, there's plenty of merits victory for for both of them, and the same with the co-main event, and then the same even down the card. There's some great fights. Like if you look yeah. at some of the fights that are actually on the prelims and not even on the main card, it shows how stacked the card is. Yeah, we're gonna we'll get to them. What, what's your favorite one there on the prelims? So I'll pick one out. We'll we'll have a little chat about it. Um, hmm, on the prelims, um. I'm probably most the first fight of the night, maybe, or, or the Artem mm. fight and the first fight of the night are the two I'm looking at most on the. I suppose, I suppose we we better get to the Artem fight. So seeing as we you know we had him on the podcast over on Patreon and stuff, and he he seems pretty confident coming into this fight. You listen to watching or um talking to Artem and then on on that day, you know Alex Caceres to me has always been a guy who like fights long and big. But Artem kind of made the point, and I kind of said that to him, and he made a point that, you know, Alex Kacheri is coming up from bantamweight and that he's going to, you know, he's expecting to be like the bigger man in there. And thinking about before, I probably would have said, no, I think Kacheri be the bigger man. But like Artem always surprised me how big he actually is. I always think of him as a smaller man, but it's an interesting fight because Artem is a, is a guy who's good at coming inside. You know, you we see, we see him a lot in these fights. You know, he ne- he's never a guy that really gets destroyed from the outside. You know, he might get beaten inside or taken down, you know, like Ryan Hall did to him or stuff, but he's not a guy that maybe gets that gets jabbed up from the outside and gets yeah. kicked with long long kicks inside. And so that's I think it could be an interesting fight if Artem does break down his guard and gets inside. I think I think he could cause him a little bit of trouble. Yeah, I think Artem Artem has a short reach, so he knows he he knows he has to take yeah. chances to get inside, that he's not gonna win an outside battle. So he he gets in there and he tries to he tries to make it his fight, he tries to make it a trading shots fight and it's worked a lot of times and it's led to exciting fights 
Um, Shuan Humes did a big breakdown of the the five steps of uh, Artem Alabov needs to take the beat. Alex Sarasa talks a bit about both of their games. It's up on Severe MMA. Uh, if you haven't read it already, it goes into a lot of detail uh, about both, both guys' games and how the fight might look and uh, the, how Artem, uh, the best method to victories for or to get the win for Artem. So uh, check that out. Um, yeah, but Artem like and Alex Terrace are both inconsistent. They're both kind of they can look good and they can look they can they can look not great. They can kind of get like the Andre Feely fight. That that it, this this Alex Caceres fight could look a lot like the Andre Feely fight, like potentially. Or Artem could get inside, land some big shots, put him out. Or what he did with Ishihara, just kind of uh, stay on his feet and avoid the takedowns, get inside and land and take the decision. So there's there's methods of victory for both of them here. Yeah, like all all six of Artem's fights in the UFC so far have gone to a decision, and I think yeah. this is. But he yeah, has I think the, this is. The, yeah. He has knockouts on the the Ultimate Fighter, and um, he, he's got knockouts on um, the regional scene as well. Like, and mm-hmm. if if he does land a big punch, like he he can put people away. He just that he hasn't been he hasn't been able to land them consistently in the UFC. Yeah, I think this will probably be another decision though. Although Casiris, <laughs> you know, he 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 does get hit an awful lot, but I think. You know, if he can use that reach, I think it's it's going to be a hard night f- for Artem. And but even though he, if he's not that bigger, I think he is good at kind of that outside fighting. Anyway, I I I think this is I think Artem definitely has ways to win. And you know, he said it himself. Uh, you know, he maybe he likes to fight uh, more more um, more regularly. And this is maybe you know might help him a little bit. But he has always with Artem. He can land that big shot inside. But as I said six decisions in a row. If this goes to another decision. I probably favor Caceres. I think Caceres probably will win it, maybe with uh, adding in a few takedowns as well. So Artem uh, kind of spoke about that in the chat we had it with him. But you know, it's you know, it's a good good matchmaking, good fight. Do you think? You know, we we kind of spoke to him about this as well. But do you think this could be Artem's last fight in the UFC if he loses two two losses in a row? He's what two and four in the UFC now. Yeah, it could be, but as we kind of said before, he's valuable elsewhere as well. He like Bellator would love him. Uh, I'm sure all the Polish promotions, KSW or Fight Nights Global. Uh, who knows what's going to happen with them? With the latest news that happened on them, yeah. but, um, ACB, all these guys would love to have Artem there fighting for them. It would bring a lot of attraction. You might get McGregor to turn up and uh, sit ringside or corner him or whatever, and bring a bit of more attention to your show or whatever. And um, I'm sure they'd be willing to pay Artem money. So maybe Artem would be happy enough to, if, the, if the UC cut him. But um, uh, people hate on Artem. But they're, like, they're, people have been talking about this fight like more than the Mike Rodriguez versus Devin Clark fight or the Evan Dunham versus OAM fight or the Joe Lozon versus uh, Chris Grutemaker fight. You know, he's people People know Artem. People talk about Artem. It brings a bit of interest. People want to see him lose. People want to see him win, whatever. But people know, know he's fighting. So... Uh, I think I think the UFC will hold on to him, and as long as uh, it's hard to know what the UFC are going to do, but uh, uh, like I think they'll hold on to him a lot longer than they'd hold on to to uh, somebody that, uh, with his record that isn't as popular as he is. Yeah. Um, the next fight I want to get to here is a man who I believe is on Team Sheehan, but I have to actually look it up. Zabi uh, uh, Megamed Sharapov, who's taken on Kyle Bjorniak on the opener. It's a bit weird that he's on the opener, isn't it? I think it's, uh, I think it's actually good. I think it's good. It has that has that musty kind of big night feel straight away. And there's been there's been one show in the last what six five six weeks. There hasn't been a show for three weeks. So I think people are are gonna be like people might uh, won't bother watching the. I'll just catch the the TV prelims or I'll just catch the 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 pay per view. 
especially in uh, in Ireland where it's it's all on it's all on BT. It's obviously a subscription service, but a lot of people have it for like soccer and all that stuff. Yeah. So uh, I think it gets people in early and watching. You have a lot of time to hype your hype your massive uh, title fights, and you have uh, a lot of time to hype the other good fights in the card and get people to buy that pay per view. And it adds to that big night feel that this is a special pay per view and not just another another event. Yeah, um, a good fight as well. Uh, Kyle Bosniak is, is no joke, so that's a, a good fight for uh, for Zabit. Looking forward to him. If you haven't seen him, one of the top prospects uh, in the UFC, should be so should be uh, good to watch. Beck Rollins, actually, Evan Smith, another good fight. Evan Dunham, the kind of the dark horse in the lightweight division against uh, Olivier Orban Mercier. Joe Lowe's on his back in Chris uh, Gritzmacker. And there's a few more fights as Borge. well. That I what about Borge? Yeah, Ray, Ray <laughs> Borge against Brandon Moreno. That's a, that should be a fun fight, shouldn't it? Yeah, that should be good. Poor old Borg. His his name is now Borge because of the Demetrius Johnson. Ray Borg. Like, Borg uh, yeah. For Donald Cerrone, his name was Cerrone for a while. Cerrone, because of... yeah. It's a lot of people say that. I think Chad Dundas calls him Cerrone still, which I which I love. And uh, we should just call him Cerrone now every time. What about um Karolina Kovalkiewicz against Felice Herrick? That's that's an interesting fight in that strawweight division, isn't it? Uh, yeah. you know, Carolina was fought and Joanna gave her a pretty good fight. She did lose to Claudia after that, but this could get her two two uh two wins in a row. And Felice Herrig as well has been on an absolute roll uh lately. He was one, I think, four in a row now, and is looking very much improved from you know when she was in Bellator. She was she, you know, she wasn't the greatest fighter in the world at all, but now she's looking good in the UFC. You know, she lost a couple early, but four in a row, as I said, she's not yeah. too far away from the title shot. I can't remember which fight it was after, but she I think it was after maybe the Caitlin Curran or the, the Alexa Grasso fight where she said that she'd been doing all her nutrition wrong and all her strength and conditioning wrong for years and she she'd like changed it all up. I think it was after she lost a page, Van Zant. So she's been on a tear since then and like um you tend to believe her that, that that's the that's the case because she came out after a win and said that she's not saying it after a loss that oh uh, something happened. You know, it doesn't sound like an excuse when you say something after a win. It's mm-hmm. just you're just telling people what, what's been going on. So uh, she's got some, like, Alexa Grasso was undefeated. She was massive prospect, and she beat her pretty comprehensively. Then she, she beat yeah. Justin Keish and Cordy Casey. Like, these are, these are, these are good. Like, they're not, they're not top level like Carolina, but they're, they're good. Like, so mm-hmm. it's a step up definitely to Carolina. I, I think Carolina will probably win a, a decision here, but it's a good fight, as you said. And, and, and Felice has come on a long way from, from her. She's been around for years. She was on that them old uh, what was that show called? That really old show with like Michelle Watterson and her and uh, yeah, uh, fight girls or something, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I something. can't remember anyway. She's been around forever anyway. Yeah, and uh, Mikano against Qatar as well should be a good fight. But the last two fights on the main card here. First of all, Iaquinta Felder. It's tough to know where Iaquinta is at, at these days, isn't it? Because he doesn't really fight that often. He's only fighting the last two years is him absolutely destroying a shot Diego Sanchez in 90 seconds. So it's it's difficult to know where he's at at the moment. On his day, you'd probably pick him to beat Paul Felder. But Felder's improved an awful lot as well recently, has he? I think he's on a 4 He seems to got that killer instinct back, mm-hmm. Felder. He seems to have kind of... Yeah. He's kind of very passive in a few fights for a while, but now he's 100%. got that killer instinct back. And when he, when he, even when he hits the ground, he's trying to finish with elbows. He's he's going hell for leather, and that's hard to deal with because he's he's a talented guy. And when he's switched on in the right mindset, he's very difficult. And Ally Quinta has been arguing with the UFC for the best part of a couple of years, and in an, he hasn't been fighting regularly. Like Paul Felder's been in there, in and out of the ring constantly, uh, compared to compared to Ally Quinta. So. Um, Iaquinta is definitely dangerous on the feet, but so is Felder, and it's a tough one to pick. But for, I might go with Felder in this one. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure yet either. That's it's a good fight. It's a really, really good fight. Like 
if the top ally quinta shows up and i always try to call him i ally quinta for some reason but if he shows up <laughs> i think he'll win but i'm not sure if he will show up so and and uh, like if this was a year ago i definitely pick i quinta but as you said feller has kind of found that Ginasequa, you know, he has found that ability to knock guys out and hurt guys. And Paul Felder, with that, is a very, very dangerous fighter. So I'm really looking forward to that. And as I said, you can check out my pick for that over on uh, Severe May as well during the week. And the last fight, pretty Tony P. Pretty Tony P. I'm, I'm interested in this one because I'm always interested in Anthony Pettis to see if he can get it back, to see if he can in that what five, six year streak without <sighs> a finish. I used to that big shot in the fight thinking, oh, is he going to do it? But he, I think it's done. I think he's, I just think he's not, he's not the fighter he was when he, when he first came over to the UFC, even though he lost to Clay Greed in that decision or when he was in WEC or whatever, or when he won the belt in the UFC. I just think, I just think that spark and that, that fearlessness to throw these ridiculous strikes and to, to be so unpredictable, I think that's just gone. I, I, I think he's been figured out. I think, uh, as you said, his his tight end defense just isn't there. He hasn't been able to add it to his game. Uh, it's gotten a little bit better, but not good enough. And when he gets taken down, he's dangerous. He's dangerous on the ground, but he, he, I don't think he's ever going to get back to the top. But Chiesa, you know, Chiesa isn't exactly brilliant on the feet. If Pettis, he's a tall guy as well, so it's hard to get under. It's harder to get under people to get takedowns. Um, it's it's not the worst style matchup for Pettis, even though even though Chiesa has really good chokes, but Pettis is is very good on the ground and he's he's a good submission guy. So he, even if he has his back taken, he's one of the best at actually uh, spinning and ending up in guard. Uh, he's done it so many times. He did it to Henderson. He did he did it to Parier, even though he ended up popping his own rib doing it in the end. Um, but Pettis, I think, has done at the top level. Unfortunately, even though I was a big fan of him when he was when he was a fearless and up and comer. Yeah, more than likely, Kiesa will destroy him in this. But I always hold that hope that Pettis will land that one big shot. But yeah, it could be a submission as well because Pettis Pettis is a better submission artist than he is a knockout artist. He actually like oh, let me just look at his record here. I'm pretty sure he has more submissions than he has mm. has knockout wins. Let me just look here two seconds. Yeah, nine submission wins, seven knockout wins. Pettis has. So that, that you know, that could I think be, he's uh, probably better. Probably has, he's probably better at knockout, but people are more uh, wary of that in the past. That's maybe. true. I suppose that's true. But yeah, look. But yeah, you know, he's definitely like you need, when you mm-hmm. meet people like Gil Melendez and Benson Henderson. Uh, like you're, you're definitely really good on the ground. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, let's move on. We spent about an hour talking about UFC two two three, and I think it was worth it because that's a really good card, and I, I enjoyed that interesting conversation. Uh, as I said, if you have any questions coming up next week, actually, if you have any more questions after this podcast, I I might do a video or we'll we'll pop on or something. Although we've a lot of stuff coming this week, so maybe maybe not. And uh, I have a lot of things coming over on Patreon, but send them over at Severe My Pod, Severe My Podcast at Gmail and keep them uh, coming in. A couple more things before we get there. Will Flory signed for Bellator this week? It's obviously great for Will to sign for one of the big companies, but when you're in middleweight and and light, uh, you know up to light heavyweight and, and those sorts of divisions, I think there's there's more chances to get to the UFC. Uh, I'm not sure if this is the best time to do it. You know, it's, it's great. I, I'm sure he'll do very well in Bellator, and maybe he'd get four or five fights in Bellator and then get to the UFC or you know get to the top of Bellator. There's a lot of big fights there in the middleweight of Bellator as well, but. It's something that you know, if someone maybe that wasn't as talented as him got there, and I'd you know I'd say fair play to him, but I I say fair play to him as well, no doubt. But I think he can get to the UFC, and I think he's he's one of the best prospects in Ireland. But uh, you know, maybe maybe this isn't a isn't a bad. I, I'm kind of I'm in between whether it's a it's a very good decision or a very bad decision to sign for Bellator. Yeah. At the moment. 
I think I think Bellator are like the, at the very start. I think when Bjorn Rebney and stuff, they didn't want any of their fighters going to the UFC. But now there's more like you can move from Bellator to UFC and vice versa more freely than than you could in the past. Um, Scott Coker obviously has a good relationship with. He worked for the UFC for a while. He has a good relationship with uh, a lot of the guys behind the scenes. Um, like I think I think Will I don't know what Will's what Will's thinking is like uh, what he's thinking about but uh, for his for his future. But I'd say he probably. We'll be planning to to fight in Bellator, get a few wins, whatever three four fight deal. I'm not sure what it was. Um, get 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 them in, and then see what he's worth. Then when he's got a bit of exposure on Bellator, as opposed to you know the EFC thing was great and all, but uh, you get more exposure on Bellator and than you do anywhere anywhere else, bar the UFC. Even though there isn't a TV deal over here and all that, we've talked about that loads. But um, like when you're four and out. Uh, the UFC probably aren't going to go and come and say you probably needed a couple more fights. So it, it, maybe if it's a three or four deal, what, he just has to wait a couple. He just has to wait a couple more fights again before he's a free agent, and his, his value will be will be higher. And I'm sure Bellator are paying him some nice money. Um, I haven't heard I haven't heard like the details of the deal. I don't even know how many years, but um, <clears throat> it's definitely going to get his name out there. Like James, if you look at James Gallagher, uh, I, I'm not, I don't know what he's thinking either, but I'm sure he he'd like to test out what the UFC would like to offer him at some stage in his career as well so I don't think it's I don't think it's like the old days where if you go to Bellator they're going to fight you in court like Bjorn Rebney versus Eddie Alvarez in court like mm-hmm. about like I don't think that's happening anymore like the Will Brooks left like you know these guys are able to go to the UFC now these days Okay you talk me down off the ledge you talk me down off the ledge Did you pronounce Gallagher wrong just on purpose there just to make me mad? Did I say what? Gallagher, did you say it wrong on purpose? I, uh, I actually, I started to say it wrong to annoy you, but now I've actually noticed I've said it wrong a couple of times <laughs> by mistake because I've actually fucked myself up now. <laughs> You're such a dickhead. I was doing it. I was doing it before the last couple of the, the couple of the couple of podcasts after you were annoyed about it, but then I've actually noticed it myself <laughs> saying it a couple of times. Since, and you so just like, you just call me Sheehan now as well all the time. Yeah, I call you Sheehan all the time now. <laughs> Sheehan, David Beckham, not oh, Sheehan. Uh, fair play to Will anyway I mean, congratulations again with Bellator and you're, you're right actually yeah three or four fights there we could you know get the eight and all and then you're, you know the UFC might be coming in offering you uh, offering you a good bit because you're, you're definitely one of the top prospects in the world in but yeah that's uh, fair play to him and hopefully they'll get a fucking TV deal although they never will so that's kind of why I maybe I'm doing <laughs> it down there but the anyway, like, we, we already have a TV deal like, huh, what are you talking about we've been out I don't know what the hell's going on <laughs> yeah fuck's sake but anyway Brian Moore's fighting as well this weekend uh, over in Bellator, he's fighting Giorgio Belsanti over in where is it, Graham? Hungary, Budapest. Yeah. You spoke to Brian Moore during the week. What was he lining up coming into this fight? Yeah, he, he seems he seems very happy in himself. He seems he, he thinks the camp's going well. They always say that, but you know, even chatting to him off air, he didn't. There was no, there was not. He wasn't mentioning any problems with it. So he's raring to go. He's looking at getting himself back into title contention as soon as possible. Uh, he obviously was doing very well against AJ McKee in his last fight in, in Dublin and uh, was either one round each or two rounds up, depending on whose scorecards you're reading, and ended up losing in the third round. He kind of, he said himself in the, in the interview I did with him, he, he, he didn't get unlucky, according to him. He, he muddled up his footwork and slipped because of that, and it was bad technique rather than unluckiness that it made him, made him he made himself slip, and then he got his, he got choked from, from there. So, uh, He's not making any excuses for, for, for it anyway. Brian's always been very uh, hard on himself over the years. Uh, even in victory, he usually straight away is pointing out stuff that went wrong. But that's a good mindset if you want to improve. And 
Brian's got designs on. He's not. He's, he's not here just to make up the numbers. You know, he's he, he wants to to become a Bellator champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm a guy who who hates inspirational speeches and stuff like that. But I always, when Brian Moore does them, I always I like him for some reason. He's the only person in the world who's inspirational. Because it's because he tells the truth. I I listened to that interview like, and he. Like when we go back, let's say if we went down and broke back, down that fight, but we couldn't watch the video, so we couldn't do it that well. And we were sitting cage side at that fight as well, so it was kind of hard to do. But you know, if we were going back looking at that fighter, you know, fighter A versus fighter B, and we saw that we, you know, we'd say that, but you never hear fighters saying that, do you? You very rarely hear fighters saying that. But Brian Moore said it straight, you know, he said he went back, he watched it, and saw what he did wrong, and he admitted he did something wrong, got better. Like you said, oh, it's usually like, oh, I made this, you know, I made some sort of mistake, or he, he moved one way, I moved another way, and uh, Brian Moore, no, no, I fucked up, and that's why I lost, you know, and, and he did well, and he gave uh, AJ credit as well for beating him. I love that, and that's that's the sign of someone who will go on further and keep improving, and he, he I, I believe he has uh, gone full-time now into training as well, you know, if anyway, I, I did it a couple of um, months ago, did the journey up from Wexford to Dublin, that's no joke of a journey, you know, tr- four, and a, four, four and a half hours uh, round trip from Wexford up to Dublin, he's doing that four or five nights a week, so you can see he's putting in the dedication, and that's the kind of guy that will get places and, 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 uh, and keep improving as well, so... You know, showing my bias here, but hopefully Brian Moore will pull out the, the win this weekend and go on further because I think a guy like that, uh, you know, deserves it. And uh, best of luck to him uh, this weekend. And that uh, not a bad card either, is it? Um, yeah, you got uh, Ed Root. He's like a um, wrestler mm-hmm. that all um, has been hyped by a lot of the, the American fans and American media. Um, he's 4 0. He's fighting Ion Pascu, uh, Brian Moore's teammate, uh, an SBG Concord guy. Uh, I think he's Romanian originally, but he, he's um let me double check that actually. Um who cares, Graham? Come do in short, short notice. Like? Uh, yeah. he's come in short notice. He's um is he yeah, he's Romanian. Uh he's 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 lined up to fight Alex Lahore next at uh at the, the, the Bama thirty five card. Oh, yeah. What's that about? That's weird. Yeah, he knocked out Henry Fadipe uh at Bama Bama thirty Philpot versus Shea Walsh. Uh, with, uh, everybody knows how talented Henry Felipe is. He put him out ground and was, pound. Was that the one Philip Bach kicked him in the face on the ground? Yeah, that wasn't that long ago. Was oh, no, that wasn't. No, that no, wasn't. That was the Shea Walsh one. Um, I think Phil Pot won that one, didn't he? Um, I don't know. I can't remember. Oh no, it was. It was. Yeah, it, it was. He let, uh, yeah, no, I think it was the accidental head kick. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, yeah. Phil Pot was winning, and then he, he he kicked him in the head. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and then he fought since then again uh, uh, in Dublin, Pascu. So he's been he's been. He's on a two-fight win streak, and he's he's fighting a guy who's only four now. And Ion Pascu is is twenty twenty-four fight veteran, so he's going to be a lot more experienced than this guy. Obviously, this guy is a, a talented wrestler and all, but we've seen really talented wrestlers not translate well or not translate translate quickly um, to the UFC or to the, to MMA. And um, we'll, we'll see what Ed Root is made of here. It's definitely a, a stiff test on uh, on short notice for him. Yeah. Yeah, so a good fight should be uh, should be good and uh, Roger Huerta as well coming in fighting uh, Benson Henderson in a very yeah. weird fight that if Benson Henderson doesn't win he might as well go and retire like because yeah, he hasn't looked good recently but this fight he's got to win yeah um, James Gallagher was obviously meant to fight in the main event uh, <laughs> had to pull out I did on purpose that time uh, <laughs> he's meant to fight Adam Boric Boric who's now fighting a guy <laughs> called Nikolov instead so uh, yeah. yeah nailed it no we're at it um <laughs> Ponzibibio. Sergio Ponzibibio. Repeat me. Love, love, love. 
<laughs> so oh, wait, Lee, wait, Lee sees uh, Mega Man Sharapov. How is he going to say that? Like, oh. I might actually listen to Dark and Raz this time just to hear Niall say that. So it should be funny. But uh, yeah, let's move on anyway. Because somebody, somebody, somebody should make a massive montage of oh. Nomogram mispronouncing uh, well-known fighters' names. Yeah, you only have to listen to one fucking podcast <laughs> to, to get the montage. So it'd be grand. Uh, Wonderboy and Till was announced this week, Graham. It's going to be on my birthday. My friend's favorite fighter is Darren Till. And obviously Wonderboy is my favorite fighter. And it's his wedding that day. And we're going to be all there together watching it. So that's going to be fun. Or his wedding day before and the after party that way. Gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Well, Quite you, you, fucking Conor McGregor's fanboy. <laughs> Wonderboy. 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 Wonder. One. Wonder. Wonder. You know, boy. you know, it's actually one. Wonderboy. Wonder <laughs> with, with an A. <laughs> with an O. With an O. Yeah. Wonder. How do you think the? Jeez, <laughs> we talking shit in the last five minutes. We get the. We get to the hour mark. We just die. But how? Yeah, we haven't even. We haven't even talked about uh, Honda Housey yet either. No, we get there. We get there. How do you think this fight, Wonderboy and Tilga? Uh, I think Wonderboy is. I think Wonderboy is the best welterweight in the in the in or in MMA. Uh, yeah. I think he destroyed Rory Rory Mac, or, Rory, Rory McDonald. Uh, I think he would destroy Mar Rory McIlroy. <laughs> um, I don't know. He's come back into form. He won a tournament there. Give him that golf club as well. It would ch might change things. Big yeah. driver in his hand. Mm -hmm. um, he, he, obviously, I thought he beat Woodley the first time. Second time, okay, it was it was nothing really happened. Um, I think it's it's a bad matchup for Till. I think. I think you never know. Like he, he hasn't lost before, but uh, I'd, I'd be, I'd be pretty confident that Wonderboy is going to win this. Yeah, it was funny because I, I said before, he's just the best striker. Are... He's just the best striker in the division by a mile, and his takedown defense is a lot better than it was when, when he, uh, when he lost his his, his soul, or the, the the only fight that he really lost to Matt Brown, uh, besides the, or the only fight that he did lose, lose besides the. Besides the Tyron Woodley fights, which were obviously uh, for the title, so this guy's hot, very high caliber. Johnny Hendricks, he made look terrible. Mm. Um, this could be a bad night for Darren Hill in front of his home crowd. I think it's going to be a bad night for Liverpool because you know everyone was talking about this. We're going to be the UFC Dublin Part Two kind of, but now Molly McCann is talking as if she's not going to be on the card. Paddy Pimlet's not going to be on the card. So all you have is there, even if Chris Fishgold and with all due respect to the, those other lads, they're not they're not Molly McCann and Paddy Paddy, Paddy Pimlet. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, what if Darren Till and there's a huge possibility here. I think it's I think it's it's more likely than any other outcome that Darren Till is knocked out in this fight and badly knocked out. That's that's not going to be great for Liverpool, is it? The, the crowd won't be too happy after that. Yeah, and the crowd will be grand because it's a couple of days yeah. after Liverpool are going to win the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> they have they'll still yeah. be bouncing off yeah. that it's alright don't worry about Liverpool sure. fans yeah but yeah <laughs> I might, might, might play into a part in it as well like will the tickets sell out as quickly because maybe they will be waiting obviously after Wednesday but win <laughs> shot himself in the face if this happens yeah I'll be actually be on the beer for that whole weekend anyway so even if they do I'll just drink myself into a stupor and uh, yeah we'll actually have, we might have to get someone to fill in for me on the podcast that weekend actually because I'll be away until like fucking Tuesday so yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see how we go. It shouldn't be a problem to replace you anyway. Yeah, no, it shouldn't be any problem. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anything, oh yeah, Ronda Rousey, before we get to your questions. Well, I suppose WrestleMania is coming up this weekend. I'm getting bother on as well, actually, over on the Patreon. If if anyone likes uh, wrestling, sign up five a month. We've 23 posts already. This will be the 24th when this podcast goes up. So it's that, and that was the last month. So there's there's more coming this month. But you can see all those uh, 23. Yeah, posts. we actually also um, released a free one of yourself and Philip O'Connor of Reuters, mm -hmm. an Irish sports journalist. Kind of you two just talking about sports in general, talking about PEDs, touching on the the, the Belfast rape trial, and just general sports and MMA. 
MMA and everything in there, an hour and a half. We put it out on this RSS feed. So if you go back on your podcast app or wherever you're, you're listening to this, you can you can find that there. Yeah. Well, what do you think? Uh, what are you looking forward to WrestleMania this weekend? Uh, I didn't even know. Um, What's your favorite yeah, matchup on WrestleMania? Um, Ronda Rousey, or whatever okay. she's doing. She's with, she's with Kurt Angle against Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. Oh. So that should be fun. Okay, well, at least, uh, at least they can do the, the most of the work. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Brock Lesnar, as we go into MMA as well, is fighting. Oh, is he back, is he? Yeah, he's fighting uh, Roman Reigns for the WWE Universal title. And another MMA fighter, Shinsuke Nakamura, is uh, is also fighting AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. And Shayna Baszler, I believe, is in the Women's Royal Rumble as well. So there's a lot of ex-MMA fighters on the rest You're really stretching the, the fighting term. Boxing boxer, boxing people stretch the fighting term, but you're really stretching it here with, oh with my, calling, oh my. Uh, calling wrestling exhibition things or wrestling matches, fights. It's a, it's a fight, Graham. If Jiu-Jitsu's a fight, this is definitely a Jiu-Jitsu's fight. Jiu-Jitsu's a fight, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how many Jiu-Jitsu nerds yeah, are going to be this? Oh, off everybody. But yeah, I suppose the point on Ronda anyway... Send your is... complaints to Sean Sheehan and whatever his email yeah, is. Dude, go on, go on. <laughs> is that a James Joyce quote? But anyway, I suppose Ronda this week, a lot of the, the things about him, we've talked about this before, but I think it was interesting this week. She, she did a couple of interviews, I think, with uh, Max Kellerman and then with someone else where they asked her about her MMA career and she gave these really weird answers one about a time machine because your man had answered the question wrong asked the question in a weird way and then she spoke to Brett Alcomoda for about a half an hour in another kind of weird interview which made her look a little bit better but it was the weirdest thing about the, that interview was that the, literally like 30 seconds in or maybe a little bit more she talked about how back in the day she used to study MMA media and like she talked about Middle Easy how she loves them and all but like for someone who self-admittedly says she studies MMA media to have just a total dis- misunderstanding or no understanding at all of how media should act and how media should ask questions like okay fair enough some media has gone over and above uh, and and being you know mean to her or whatever and and, and uh, in my actually another episode of the 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 um the rewatch this week I rewatched one of four fights what I mentioned earlier and talked about how good she was at her time and people have been unfair to her but there's also a, a question you should ask about the way she reacts to losses and the way she came back and didn't change things up didn't do things differently and uh, she never answered those questions she never talked about the reaction how she came back from those losses or how she's dealing with those losses and as as media someone people who cover the sport they should ask those things it's not just ask her how she's feeling after a win you also have to ask how she feels after a loss and yeah. someone who says she understands it and studies media that's a bit weird wasn't it yeah but she's also be herself and she is a combative personality always has been um if she if she wants to answer like that she should go ahead and do that if she doesn't want to talk to the media about fighting she she should have probably got the the whoever pr people from uh, wwe to tell uh, i'm sure that espn car wash thing whatever they call it uh they would have not asked about fighting if they were told not to ask about fighting or they would have said ahead of time oh we're gonna have to ask about fighting we're not gonna have you on and then she would have not gone on or she would have been prepared or maybe she was prepared but that's just her personality like you know she, she could do what she wants and she's she's gotten what she needs from the media and maybe maybe she doesn't want any more to anything more to do with them but she's contracted probably to go and do a couple of things to promote wrestlemania and people are talking about these like it's worked like you know people are, people are talking about ronda rousey and 
these interviews and probably more than they would have talked about Ronda Rousey in these interviews if she just had said generic answers that most fighters would say and not being combative. So I don't really see the problem, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that is fair enough. But she's, I think she still has to understand that the media have to answer, ask those questions. She doesn't have to answer them. Yeah, she can give her answer. snarky answers like all she wants as well. Like you know, the media can ask and she can give snarky answers. Like you know, <laughs> she can that's do what true. she wants. That is true, in fairness. But we can also say about her when she gives those snarky answers that she hasn't answered it well. I think it's okay to say. Yeah, that. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people are like, oh, she should do this. She should do that. She should do whatever she wants. Like, you know, that's true. That is true. All right, let's move on to your questions. As I said, you can send them in. Let me just blow up my candle there before I start. Uh, <laughs> you can send them in to <laughs> Severe MMA Pod over on Twitter. All during the week, we keep them together. I like them, and then I unlike them after when we've amassed. So uh, send them on during the whole week. Severe MMA Podcast at gmail.com. You can email them over there. Are the best place task is over on Patreon. I put up a little topic in our community uh, every Saturday or Sunday, and you can write in your questions underneath there if you're signed up, and it will be 100% answered if you write it there. A shout out to a few of our people who've signed up this week on Patreon: James Murphy, uh, Jason Lee is there, Nicola Sheehan, legend Nicola. Thanks very much. Uh, we did, actually, Nicola, we were talking about her a few weeks ago. We didn't know if she was still listening or not. She must be, yeah. be at least occasionally listening if she's uh, if she's donating on the, the Patreon. So fair play to you, long time, Legend's long time listener. Legend on Heffernan signed up. Johnny Barn, legend Johnny, another line, long time listener. Peter Russell. Uh, let me go back through here. There's a few more of them as well. Um, Ecolshin signed up, Jar Sheehan, William Roach, Brian McLaughlin, and I think I've got to last week's none now. But there's everyone who signed up, I probably missed a few there. Everyone who signed up, very, 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 very thankful of all of you. And if you haven't signed up yet, please do. Uh, we've lots of good stuff coming this week, and you're going to get early access to the size up as well in my video about UFC 223 with even more analysis, so do that. Right, first question from Patreon, Jason Lee. Unrelated to UFC 223, but being from Birmingham, I have vested interest. Uh, do you think sometime in the future, um, uh, he asks about a, a, a clamoring for an MMA event in Birmingham like they have in Liverpool, he says, with the likes of Tom Breeze, yeah. uh, Leon Edwards, and Fabian Edwards. Uh, Is that possible? I was at the last Birmingham show, actually. It wasn't that long ago, was it? Um, and they all blend into one. I can't remember exactly when it was. All them UK cards kind of blend into one. But, uh, yeah, like if, if Fabian is going to be as Fabian Edwards, Leon's brother is going to be as good as we kind of predict he will be, then you have, you'll have him, you'll have Leon, you'll have other, you'll have others. Maybe <laughs> Aaron Chalmers could end up, end up there. Who knows? But... Um, I don't think I don't think it's in the in the near future. But if if Leon can keep climbing the ranks and if Fabian can keep progressing at the rate he's pro- pro- progressing, I wouldn't rule it out at all. I could I could see it happening in the next couple of years, but I don't think it's I wouldn't be I don't think it's in the pipeline for next year. I think unless unless they do have like a, a huge fight for Leon or a huge fight for Fabian or a huge fight for a local guy, it'll just be in like London or like Liverpool, mostly London. Mm-hmm. He also asked about Tom Breeze's matchup with uh, Dan Kelly. I believe that's on the Liverpool card. Yeah. I, I think that's... He's moving up to, to middleweight, isn't he? To middleweight, yeah, and he asked about that as well. What do you think? I think it's a good move for him because he's a, he's a big uh, welterweight. We we see what Tom Breeze, he's another one. If he comes out and he lets his hands go, he's devastating. We saw what he did to, yeah. to Carl Pindridge, you know, yeah. destroyed him, yeah. So if he can do that, I think it's, it's an easy fight against Dan Kelly, to be honest. But Dan Kelly is a guy who kind of drags you into those fights sometimes, those back and forth fights, so you'd never know. But I, I definitely yeah. favor Breeze in that one. 
Yeah, Tom Brees was a huge prospect for years. People talking about him since he was three, four, and oh, as as a, as a huge guy, kind of like we're doing now, I suppose, with Fabian. And I think injuries have kind of held him back. He's been he's been very inconsistent in terms of actually fighting, and he's looked great in most of his fights. Or well, he's had a couple of ones where he's come back from big injuries, like knee injuries, when he's looked he's looked a bit uh, rusty. But that's that's regular enough. That would happen to most fighters. So he still has loads of potential. But uh, as the years creep on, he kind of. Uh, it comes to that stage of kind of with Bechtich where you need to kind of shit or get off the pot or, or not even that though, but like maybe it's a bit harsh, but you need to kind of make it happen now or it's never going to happen. Fuck you talking about my boy Bechtich like that. How dare you? That's good. You get, like only so long you can be a prospect. If you're not fighting that often and you're coming back in looking rusty and you can't afford a loss then like, like, like what happened to Bechtich Well, you can't afford it, but it's going to set you back like, and, and then injuries are going to set you back further. So it's a big fight for Tom Brees. Um, Dan Kelly's obviously a really tough guy. Uh, all his limbs are about to fall off. He's, yeah. he's about 100 years old, but mm-hmm. he's tough as fucking nails. Yeah. Um, and uh, I see Tom Brees winning this, but he's gonna he has that kind of old man strand, I'd reckon, as well, that, uh, Dan Kelly. So he, he probably hasn't fought anybody as strong as... Uh, Tom Brees probably hasn't fought anybody as strong as Dan Kelly, but I see him getting the job done with, with better technique all around. When he goes at it, he goes at it awful very hard. Uh, Dalton Stickney asks about what, or kind of he asked about what our prediction is for the lightweight belt. If McGregor shows up, do you think they could do a 180 or will he be stripped beforehand? Ooh, we kind of talked about this earlier. I just really don't know. Um, everybody's, yeah. Dana's not really given any answers. Connor hasn't said anything about it. Tony and Habib aren't really even talking about it. Um, I think we'll find out at the press conference. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I maybe it won't happen at the press conference, but I think we'll find out what's going to happen at the press conference. And if well, we don't, they, they'd save it for the pay per view and go like, "We're gonna have a Conor McGregor's gonna join fucking whatever Dana White or Dana White's gonna join Joe Rogan on the paper at the start of the pay per view for this big announcement or whatever, and then maybe. get people to pay for that." Maybe, but that's very WWE. Then, like, even more than I'd kind of like. <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit weird, but Shane McMahon, T music hits and money, 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 money. Dana Shane, out. Shane McMahon, <laughs> fucking diverticulosis. What is it? Diverticulitis, and is still, uh, is still fighting. And who knows what's true and what's not, though? And WWE, even like, or see Ronda Rousey doing. Maybe she was told to go out and act like uh, she didn't want to answer questions, even though she probably wasn't. Who knows, though? You're you're working yourself into a shoot. Uh, Jack Durges, who fought a better opponent last night, Joshua or Price? Oh yeah, we never talked about Joshua. Who who who's better, uh, Joseph Parker or uh, Pula? I don't know what's his name. Um, not Pula. Uh, the other dude, the Russian dude. Anyway, your man has only lost to to Klitschko, Yeah. yeah. Mm, your man. <laughs> I I think I think Parker's better, but. Parker didn't look great, and Joshua didn't look great either. Um, he definitely has loads of tools, and he was very cagey. Like he kind of said himself that he was just going to stay behind the jab, and after the after the bout, but I, he didn't jab that much. If if that was his whole game plan to stay behind the jab, and there was a few rounds in there that could have went either way, and a couple that probably went to Parker. But I agreed. I agreed with the decision. Having I kind of I didn't score round around, but I kind of loosely kept account of who was winning in my head, like. Yeah, Alexander Povetkin as well. As well. I, I, I think Povetkin is good, but I think Parker is good gas- as well. I think he was gassing out right before he got to finish against Price. Mm-hmm. Price would look like he'd kind of, he obviously got knocked down hard, but he looked like he'd kind of turned the, he kind of weathered the, the worst of the storm, but then obviously he kind of got knocked out on his feet and the ref just kind of stared at him while he got fucking killed. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I thought Joshua was good. Wasn't his best performance, but I think this was an important fight for him to win because his bigger fights mm. have to come around. You know that Deontay Wilder fight could be huge. Yeah. Ty, uh, Tyson Fury as well could be huge. So he showed Does that he can box. Huey and... Fury first before he reaches yeah. to Tyson. Huey. <laughs> Joseph Parker be Huey Fury in his last fight. So that was. Uh, that but was that was a good. controversial decision, though, wasn't it? I don't think so. It was. It oh, was well, I didn't actually see it, but I remember I people were arguing either. at the time. It was on YouTube pay-per-view. Who the fuck is buying that? Uh, Jack Dorge as well. Another question here. Pettis, if he loses to Chiesa this weekend, uh, he asks, could he be branching out into management or something? Or do you think it could be an early retirement for him? Um, He hasn't He hasn't really hinted at it, but I, I'd say he's on pretty good money having been the champion and kind of been given the push he was given with like... Okay, he won some contests to be on like a Wheaties box. It's not the, it's not a big deal, but the UFC were kind of like talking about that constantly on the the fight cards and the the pay per views. They were like, oh, Tony Pettis on the on the Wheaties box. So, um, I don't know what where, where does he go from here? Really, is he happy just to to be a kind of top fifteen guy fighting guys around there, winning some, losing some? I'd say he probably is if he's getting paid enough. Um. Maybe he'll run his contract down and try and get the best offer he can. Move on from the UFC at some stage if they don't offer him the money he thinks is right. But uh, I don't see him. Uh, I don't, none of these guys ever retire. You know? nah, there's no such thing as them in retirement, let's be honest here. Except for Carl Pendred. No, he'll be back. I think still think Carl will be back. We'll, we'll get him on the call. Conrad and Carl well, Pendred are the only two people no, I believe. Don't, don't if your name is not at C, then you're, uh, you're a liar about retirement. That is true. <laughs> Speaking of people with names beginning with C, Pizza Carroll asks a question over here on Facebook. Did Graham go to Easter Mass on Saturday or Sunday? He asks. Both, yeah, of course. Both, of course. <laughs> Front and center. Did you get any I donated, eggs? I donated all my money and ate all the, the, the body of Christ and drank all his blood. Holy, holy, holy. Did you get any uh, eggs? That blood is pretty good. It gets you drunk as well, doesn't it? Yeah, oh yeah, it does. <laughs> any any oh, eggs? No, I wasn't, uh, wasn't supporting any cults this weekend. No. <laughs> uh, now all our jujitsu people and the other religion of fucking Catholicism, all those people are gone as well. Jeez, we're losing all the religions today. Better off. <laughs> Better off. But, uh, did you get any eggs? No, I actually didn't. Fuck, I got none either. Scrooge McDucks. They hate us. Where's my? Well, you didn't buy me one either. No, you didn't buy me one. What are you talking about? I'm the I'm the I fucking money here. You're, oh, that's true. It could be on the way. Fair enough. Uh, and we'll run through a few of these more fast. Daniel Bradley, if Harry wins convincingly, uh, she's five in a row that she have claimed for a title shot. We discussed that earlier. I, I think she, um, she probably, she probably does. Colin Hammond asked if McGregor will be cage side. Do you think there's any chance of him facing off with the winner afterwards? I don't think there is. To be honest, you. There's a tiny chance that maybe there could be some kind of meeting between the UFC brass and Connor early in fight week if he is going to come over with our time and maybe they can get the, the deal done or something. But until the the deal with Connor is done, I don't think they're going to square them off. So I yeah. think it's very, very unlikely. But if the deal was to get done, all of a sudden, it wouldn't rule it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andy Hall asks a few questions here. Till Ortega Habib, who loses their off first? Well, I, obviously, I'm going to have to say Habib as, as I'm picking Tony to win this weekend. But, yeah. I think all three of them will lose their all in their next fight. Ooh. There you go. Till is fighting Wonderboy. I think he'll lose. Ortega's fighting Holloway. I think he'll lose. And Habib's fighting Ferguson. I think he'll probably lose as well. But maybe not. Mm. I think two of them certainly will. But Certainly will. Ooh. Well, Ortega will be close. But I think Till definitely will. Yeah, I think Till. I think uh, I think Till is the most likely, but Habib's coming up first, so kind of 
Are you I picking Ferguson now? So yeah, I'd, I'd say he probably. Oh, no. oh, I think Till. Okay. Uh, there's another two questions here over on Facebook. Uh, who do you see being able to beat Habib from lightweight and welterweight divisions? This is a good question for you because uh, I think even featherweight. If you look at Ortega, we just mentioned a second ago, he has a he has a good chance of beating Aldo. Habib, and Aldo fight. Always want to see that Aldo fight. <sighs> I think Aldo. Still think he is because he still has. You don't think he's the same as he was though, but I, I think that's a great matchup. But I think I think that Ortega that Ortega bear is is like, obviously the Conor McGregor uh, uh, fight as well is 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 up there with my. But Habib is involved in many of the, the most exciting fights I want to see in the UFC. So fair play to him. It's funny though if he loses this weekend, he they'll all be gone. He won't. It still won't be as exciting, you know. I think when when the interim belt and retire and be happy, yeah. and go I think bears. Habib, <laughs> Habib could be one of those guys though that he loses once and the whole everything gets wiped off in the whole era of invincibility. Like I thought McGregor would be the same, maybe so I'm wrong, but and he kind of obviously came back. Well, he'd already lost a couple of times before he even got there. Uh, yeah, I suppose that's that, longer, is so. that is true. Yeah, uh, Graham McClatchy asks about the fight night's global shenanigans. Well, you heard about this? He also says I just saw a couple of tweets from uh, I think it was Ian Kidd. It probably was Ian Kidd. He's kind of no, it was uh, it was uh, it was Zidane, Kareem Zidane. Oh, what? Well, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I just saw a couple of tweets, but apparently he's been arrested, arrested for and charged with embezzling thirty-five million. Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, whew, he's the main backer behind um, Fight Nights Global. He's the main one of my, Khabib's main supporters as well. He's buying him cars and giving him money and stuff. Uh, apparently, so yeah, that's a. Uh, mm, it's hard to know what's going to happen there, but I don't see. I don't see that being good for Fight Nights Global it could be the end of them yeah it's, it's tough as well yeah when he's their main backer and you know the Russian boys when you're when you're doing good you're doing very very good but when you're doing bad you're not doing great because you know if you get on fucking Putin's bad side or whatever now we're yeah we're not get Putin's to, to, to sort of make, sort of there for him yeah, and then sure, yeah. the pardon Give him the pardon yeah Let's get over to Twitter. Nakel Day, Q&A. He's a very short one this weekend, but at least he, he said he sent in one anyway. He's been lacking there the last few months. Conor McGregor will be cage side with his belt on Saturday. True or false? I'm gonna I'm gonna say tr- true. Fuck it. With his, well, with his belt, though. yeah. Okay, go with, on. Okay, no, I think well, ooh, actually, yeah. Um, both belts, but he needs both belts. It might be good if he's both. I'll go true. Yeah, I'll go true. There, I don't know. There'll be no decision wins on the UFC two two three main card. Ooh, uh, so it's Cater and Mikano, the two title fights. Uh, Aya Quint uh, Felder from memory uh, and Pettis. I think there will be. Yes, I, think there will be. I think there will be a, a decision. I'm gonna go false. I don't think there will be. Well, there probably will be, but I'm gonna go false. Fuck it. Um, Artem and Zabit will both win on Saturday. No, I'm picking Caceres. So it could be. No, I'm gonna say false because I'm picking Caceres. Um, so, sorry, repeat the question there. I broke up a little bit. Artem and Zabit both win on Saturday. Uh, false. Are you picking against Artem? Fuck's sake. You're, what, what's your SPG? Well, it's just, it, when you have to, it, it's, it's a wise, calculated choice to win just two. All right, fair enough. But Zabit's fucking guaranteed because he's unreal. 
So they're basically yeah, guaranteed them, That's true. UFC two to three will say intact after wins. After oh, also, wins. what if what if somebody falls out of the fight and then two both of them don't fight and then that's more likely as well. So I think that's more true. calculated choice there. I think you have a good calculated choice. All right. Uh, what was the last question? <laughs> UFC two to three will stay intact after the wins. Yeah, after the wins, I think it will. Well, uh, something will probably happen to somebody on the card, but hopefully it won't be the main fights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody probably miss weight or something, but hopefully. Hopefully, it's before not, the wins, uh, something will fall out, but yeah, after the wins, no, I don't think it'll. okay. Let's run through a few of these as well on uh, Twitter. Jack O'Brien, area predictions for Till Wonderboy. We talked about that. We're both going for Wonderboy. Sean Dinny, if Rose and Carolina both win, do we go Rose Carolina 2 or Rose Andrade 2? That's or sorry, Rose Andrade. I think or Andrade. It depends on what Carolina looks like, I suppose. If she if she looks really good, I'd say that'll make sense because of the, the timing. Um and people will be Carolina beat Rose as well, didn't she? Yeah, uh, yeah, and the timing is, is is always vital in these things, and people will kind of it'll be the easy match to make in people's heads uh, right after the pay per view. So I think that's probably more logic. Uh, Ian McLean asked, "Did you catch Deontay Wilder's comments yesterday?" Uh, I was like, he "Yeah, he killed somebody, and yeah. he's your man." Or he said he, he dropped somebody, and he, he thought he was dead, but unfortunately, he wasn't. Or something. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> But uh, um, yeah, I think he's trying to be. Uh, he's. Pro- I don't know anything about him, but uh, I guess he's trying to be controversial and create some headlines. But I don't think that's a good look at all. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Kieran Stapleton says no question. Just want to hear our takes on the fight and really enjoying Patreon. Thanks, Kieran. Fair play, soup lad legend. Um, Nob, 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 Shill. Nob's eleven. How many elbows will Paul Felder require to finish under? And I acquaint the underrated underdog this week. Yeah, I, I'd agree he's underrated underdog as well. Uh, and yeah. probably probably then a few. Uh, Andy Stevenson asked about Zabi beating on the car. What's the what's the rhyme reason for that? Yeah, we make it a big event, I think. About that. Yeah, make it a bigger event. Yeah, that that's actually a good point. I think you made yeah. in early around the around the cage as well. Yeah, Patrick says about Lando versus Gaethje being Ooh, uh, yeah. a fight he'd love to see. What you think of that? My boys. Yeah, my boys. I'd love to see that frame. as well. Two brothers forced to do battle. That'd be that'd be pretty good. What's <laughs> on at the hef underscore underscore? I believe. What's your take on Dana White squashing TJ versus DJ in favor of two rematches? That's a bit disappointing, actually. I don't. I don't uh, Dana seemed to want that fight to take place for ages. He seemed to try to force their hand in it. So um, maybe it was a, a money demand from one or other of TJ or DJ or both that mm-hmm. Dana put the plug on because I think Dana wanted that fight, but I, I suspect it was probably money issues. Yeah. Um, Simon Darty asks, "Who's your goat in every weight class?" I'm uh, the next video I do. I'm going to answer oh, that, geez, so we won't go into that. We've already so been gone for two hours, have we? Yeah. Remind me, <laughs> remind me, remind me if I don't. But I, I have it written down here anyway, and I'll get to that in the next video I do. Uh, Who will be champion first? Simon Darty says again. So we're getting to another of his ones. Sean O'Malley, Zabit, Megamed, Sharapov, or Israel Adesanya? That's a good question. Jeez. I I don't think O'Malley will be. I'd say Zabit. Hmm. First. Yeah, I'm still not convinced about the beat. Like are I know, no, I I definitely think he's a massive prospect. But people are talking about like him being like people are going mad here. Like we we need to see him fight somebody proper first. Like, yeah, fair enough. Uh, Shane Kiley, <laughs> why will Tony versus Habib be cancelled this time? <laughs> uh, Tony's slipping a banana or something. 
spontaneous human combustion, maybe. Yeah, could be, could be. Predictions for Rose versus Joanna, rootless UFC says, who did you pick? You pick Joanna, I'm picking Rose. Uh, Wally Froggins, does Rawlings deserve to get cut from the UFC if she loses? Just come Mac up Rawlings. with a fight. Um, yeah, she probably does. I can't remember what she, uh, I'm not sure. I can't remember what she's been doing. Um, uh, yeah, she probably will. Gavin Spring at Lord Gavin Spring, a friend of the podcast. After that very boring and mundane performance, how would you see a boxing match between either Stipe or the Predator going against AJ? AJ would absolutely destroy him. Oh my boxing. god, please yeah. don't talk about this. Don't yeah. make this a thing, people. Please don't. Yeah, don't. Steve, AJ fear Stipe, just like Brock. Mr. Podge, friend of the podcast, <laughs> at one, Mr. Podge, legend. Do you think UFC shunned the pad? Do you think the UFC shunned the pageantry of other promotions like KSW boxing, etc.? I have a lot of thoughts on this, right? A lot of people are talking about all oh, the pageantry of AJ coming out with the fire. And I, oh, I, I, so I, I like the UFC way more. I love when you don't see anyone until they're coming through the bowels of the arena, walking out. I love that. I fucking love I remember I was at the Eminem concert. I've mentioned it about 50 times before yeah, in the fucking, fucking podcast. Shut up, when, like, I didn't see him for the whole night. And I was like, is he here? He turned up late and all. then he came out. I was like, ah, man, he's there. And even when you go to the UFCs and you just see him like emerging from the crowd. It's always great. So no, I I don't like I like the I like all them. I especially them hate national anthems. Like I especially hate the national anthems. Please, can we not do that? Like it, uh, there was two national anthems for Parker, and they by by halfway through the first one, the crowd were just booing the national anthem because it was going on so long. But they they played. I don't think people realize that they played the Samoa national anthem. And did Samoa and the then the Zealand one, but yeah. she kind of did. Just took a break and everybody went like boo, and then she just started the other one. And then yeah, it was uh, at least God save the Queen. It's all about how great the Queen is and all this stuff and yeah, gracious and all this too, nonsense. Yeah. But uh, at least it's like about four seconds of a song. Yeah, hashtag Horn and Horn. And who is the better all around fighter, Tony or Habib? I'd say Tony. Do you think Tony is on? Well rounded. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's wonder by Patrick Ian, Apache Ian. I think it's one, two, three. Uh, let me just check that there. So yeah, is Wonder Boy versus Till going to end up a five round grappling grappling match? No, no. I, so. <laughs> I fucking hope not. That'll oh, be a disaster. Yeah. Uh, should Mr. Pod should Tony Ferguson just give up the trash talk? Yeah, he probably should. People, some, a lot of people seem to think he's good at it. I don't know what they're talking about, but uh, there's a low standard. Uh, like over in Ireland, they think everybody slags each other so much. In, growing up in primary school and school, it's. It'd be considered bullying in America, I think, but over here it's just a bit of crack, and everybody's kind of quick. Mm-hmm. Not everybody, but a lot of people are quick witted, and like maybe not to the extent of Connor, but a lot of people are like I know loads of people who are able to slag each other back and forth. Oh my mates, we just slag each other yeah. constantly. Everybody has a derogatory nickname, like you know, er, like mm-hmm. well, not what's everybody, favorite, but a lot of people. What's like your you know, derogatory nickname your friend has. Uh, like you know, people like called I don't know. I shouldn't uh, no, <laughs> drag, any, drag anybody into this. <laughs> Say it. Fucking don't drag anybody into this. Name him. Fucking name him. All right. Yeah, but is is this true? Like, like I gave up being mean to one of my friends for lint, and we had a bet with myself and one of the other lads, and was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. Like, you know, it's being even even that that McCoggan thing where Nile and Pete came up with Fat Joe, and he's like embracing that and thinks it's hilarious, and Mm -hmm. you know, Fat Fat Joe McCoggan or whatever, like. I think like a lot of a lot of places that people wouldn't even risk saying that as a joke because they might offend the person. But over and over here, it's just everybody's just so used to it. Yeah, you broke up there for a second, but we should be okay. Uh, Farrell Conley, last two questions: Who makes the Champions League final on the same night as the UFC Liverpool takes place? 
<sighs> I, I, I honestly don't even know who's in it now. Man City. If Man City don't get to the final, it's a fucking joke. Because they're not, not, <laughs> is that what you're playing Liverpool. Now, is it? Is that what you're thinking? No, no. <laughs> if Man City beat Man United uh, and raise a title in that stadium afterwards, but if they do, it's a it's a failure if they don't win the Champions League. Yeah, they're really good. Like, and they've it's been a bit. They've been like but the Barcelona Spanish haven't team. beaten all season. They were two 0 down with like a minute to go in the last game, and they still drew against Sevilla, who dominated Man United over two legs. Um, they haven't lost all season. Like, And then you've got people like Real Madrid who win the Champions League what 11 times, 12 times, including a few times recently. And you got Bayern Munich, who have a squad full of great players as well. You have Liverpool. Uh, you have... Who else do you have? <laughs> Liverpool. Yeah, well, you know, this, like, this, this, this Liverpool team, uh, Jimmy Traore won it from left back the last time, so uh, anything is possible. If, if you're ever feeling down, just remember that Jimmy Traore won the Champions League. So <laughs> John O'Shea. Anything can happen. Where's Brown won it twice? Yeah, he was at least good for a few years, though. Yeah, Jimmy Traore yeah. was doing, like, Zidane turns into his own net and stuff. Legend. Who was that? Burnley, was that or Burnley, something? Yeah, he was captain for the day because it was, like, a youth team. He was, like, the, 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 the one experienced player, and he ended up doing, like, a fucking Zidane turn into his own goal. <laughs> that was one of my favourite moments of sport ever. But, yeah. Who would be in the final? Man City and Barcelona. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to draw? Yeah. It's, it's, the draw hasn't happened yet, so it's hard to know. But um, I think... The favorites are Man City and the second favorite are Barcelona. Oh yeah, and, you're, yeah. You're like a cute curry hole now, playing down your fucking the chances of your team winning. Yeah. Well, on. no, I think though, like if you're being logical about it, that's probably the most likely. But like, you see, Liverpool playing the favorites next over two legs, and they have the away leg in the second leg, which is the worst way, which is the non-ideal way to have it. So I think the odds are starting against Liverpool, but I think they showed in the last game they played against Man City when they scored four goals. And leaked three, but they have Van Dijk now and Carrius now, so hopefully it'll be a, it's a bit better than Lovren and uh, and Mignolet for sure. Anyway, yeah. All right, last question from Mister Podge. He gives what's a, what's your favorite holiday destination, Graham? What's your favorite holiday destination? Holiday destination. Um, who? Um, Amsterdam. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I wonder fucking why. Killarney's mine. Killarney is a brilliant, brilliant place. Brilliant for beer. Yeah, I love a good cup of coffee. You know, I love them coffee shops. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite book? My favorite book. Ooh. Um, do you know one I actually used to love when I was younger is uh, General by Paul Williams. I know Paul Williams is just sensationalizes everything and just makes up lies and stuff. But uh, I used to love that that uh, book when I was younger. I don't, I don't really have one. I don't really. I, 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 I like reading um, autobiographies. Do you, do, you read, do, you read, do you read much? No, I don't. Have you, have you read Pubes? Is, is it April 1st again, is it? Is it April 1st? It actually still is April 1st. Actually, yeah. now that you mentioned that, the, the Welsh Dalai Lama had a great quote on, uh, obviously, on. the fake, fake account, but it says, April Fool's Day, a day when people pause to think if the thing that they just read on the internet is true or not, a skill uh, sorely lacking during the other 364 days of the year. That is true. That is true. Um, <laughs> Habib just tweeted, where are you now at Notorious MMA? So what does that mean? Is Tony injured? We'll have to redo this podcast if he is. Oh, no. So we'll get this out as quick it's as April possible. Fool. So let's, let's, yeah, let's finish this up. Until, uh, until every country in the world is finished with April Fool's. So, like, I don't know what the... Well, is Australia ahead or behind? I can never remember. But anyway. Uh, I don't know. What's your favorite food? anything until, like, the 3rd of April. <laughs> What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Hmm. Oh, depends what I'm in the mood for. Um, um, ooh. 
Briscoe. Yeah, answer this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, well, like I said, we said what the final meal would be, but we had yeah. we had a few things like going. I, I picked, think I picked a pizza last time for the mm. final main course, so I'll probably go with that. I'm gonna go to profiteroles. And then last one, what's your favorite uh, TV show ever? Ever. Oof. Sherlock is mine. I think it's fucking excellent. I love Sherlock. Moriarty's a great character. Um. Ooh, um. The Wire's kind of everybody says that, don't they? Um, never seen it still. He's never seen it. Oh, you no. gotta watch that. It's brilliant. I will. I will. Um, I don't Sopranos. Know. No, it's, I, I love the Sopranos, but I think the Wire is better than the Sopranos. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I think the they'll Wire. go to the Wire. Okay, fair enough. All right, that's it. My voice is fucking nearly gone here, so we better uh, we better sign off there. Thanks to everyone for listening, and head on over patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast if you enjoyed this. Sign up. For $5 a month, the price of a pint, and there's lots of stuff over there. So do that. Uh, any last words, Graham, before we go? No, just as I mentioned earlier, uh, Schwan Humes put up a big breakdown of the RTM lob of Alice Caceres fight. If you want a bit of in depth analysis of, of technique and stuff like that, it's a really good article there. Uh, check it out. Lovely. That's it. We'll uh, sign off here with my inspirational quote of the week. Life consists not in holding good cards, but in playing those cards you hold well. We'll see you next Tuesday. Or Monday or Sunday.